Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Hello, what's going on? Welcome to the brand new episode of the Fun Kids Science Weekly Podcast. Uh, My name's Dan. This is where we try and uncover some of the most amazing things that are lurking around the universe. This week, we're looking at one of the largest and most deadliest birds that's ever lived. You're okay. It's not around anymore. Rest easy. Uh, It could swoop in. It could snap its prey in half in one go. Also, we'll talk about rocket bits that have crash-landed into the sea. And I've got your questions to answer this week. They're on animals that are extinct, they're on bubbles, and they're on birds. We'll get to that in just a sec. Before then, uh, let's say hello to our alien friends who are desperate to get back home. This is NNG. NNG's Meter Motivator. So, guys, you know all about energy, right? No, we are energy. Galactic gurus, no less. So what's up? I'm on a mission to be an energy meter motivator. Grant's been reading about these new smart meters. She says we're all using more energy than ever. But why is that? Smart grandmother there, Earthling. Well, life here on Earth moves fast, and it's getting faster still. Well, life here on Earth moves fast, and it's getting faster still. Not as fast as light speed, G. Well, obviously not that fast, but sometimes it feels like it. Humans are using more energy than ever before to power your computer tablicles. Don't forget the teleboxes, listening pods, and radiators. You mean radios? Both. And don't forget energy to heat your cosy human habitats too, keeping everything warm and clean. I suppose we do use a lot more energy than we used to. Mum says that she didn't have a computer at home when she was growing up. Can you imagine that? Dark, strange days indeed. And it's not just inside your cosy habitats. Out there on the roads, you might have over 30 million electric vehicles in just 30 of your Earth years. You can't power a vehicular pod on fresh air. Trust us on that, kid. We've tried. All this energy comes through a network of cables and pipes. But the people controlling the supply of energy don't know exactly who'll be having a bath or who'll be watching telly or blasting aliens on a computer or when... So how come there's always enough? Sometimes there isn't. When people and businesses use all the energy that's available, you get a power cut. I'm guessing that's not good. Depends if you like a bit of peace and quiet. Nah. Smart meters can help solve problems like this. They measure how you use electricity to make sure you're not wasting any and help power companies to plan and ensure there's always enough ready to use. It's also good for the environment because it means they only have to produce what's needed. Smarter in every way. Just like your grandperson. You mean gran? Well, she is pretty smart. She's brilliant at my homework. And you can help her by being a meter motivator. Watch out! Looks like we're gonna fuse, G! Time for us to pop! Here it comes! Whoopee! I love a bit of fusion! See you, kid! Bye, NNG, and thanks! Here it comes! Find out how you can be a meter motivator with NNG with support from Smart Energy GB. Find out more at funkinslive.com slash energy. 
Right, it is question time on the show, my favourite part of the thing, where you send over your science questions to me as a review over on Apple Podcasts. I have a look and I do all the digging, the digging in the science dirt to figure out the answer for you. Uh, This is from Gabrielle, who wants to know, what was the first animal to be extinct? It's a hard question to answer, Gabrielle. I wasn't there at the time. And, I mean, you think that dinosaurs were extinct millions of years ago. Some might have gone even before that. And the humans weren't around to write it down back then. The thing is, it's kind of our fault a lot of the time. Humans have made a lot of animals go extinct. So, I think to answer your question, I'll talk about some of the ones that, sadly, humans have made go extinct. When we travelled the world finding new lands, uh, landing and making homes, colonising there, we got in the way of many creatures who were already there. Animals like the dodo, a big feathery bird, it's now extinct. In Australia, they had gigantic lions, they had tortoises the size of cars, they had lizards as long as buses, and kangaroos, enormous kangaroos that are like triple the size of the ones you see now, they were there as well. And because of the humans, they've all gone extinct. Now we will talk about one of the most deadly creatures that was ever in the sky which has gone extinct a little later on in the show thank you for the question gabrielle uh, this is from oscar who is seven years old who wants to know why do bubbles in the bath turn white uh, it's because the bubbles in the bath are made of soap so the bit around the outside of it uh it's made of soap so it's got chemicals there so it reflects the light in a different way and it makes it appear white If it was normal water, uh, the light would just pass straight through. But because it's got chemicals on the outside, it bounces back, it reflects, and it becomes white. Thank you for the question. Lastly, from Louise in Scotland, who wants to know, do birds have ears? Yes. Yes, they do have ears. But not ears like you and I do. Not big and open. Uh, Their ears are little holes in the side of their head, tiny ones that look like funnels, and they're covered with soft feathers that protect them and that help cut the wind noise down. So, yeah, not big and open with flappy bits like our ears, but more small and secret. Thank you for the question, Lou. If you've got something you want answered on the show next week, you need to leave it as a review for me over on Apple Podcasts. It's the Fun Kids Science Weekly, and we're talking facts this week, amazing science facts, and how they're all connected. Uh, Kate Hale is a professional fact finder. What a job! And she's got a brand new book out. It's called Factopia. Follow the trail of 400 facts. Kate, uh, from Washington, D.C. in the States, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Now, question one. What is a professional fun fact finder? Is there anything more to it than the name suggests? Um. Well, that's a pretty good description um, basically, I am a writer and I, I don't really write stories about dragons that live in magic kingdoms or aliens from outer space. I have always been fascinated with our real world um, and writing about it. So basically what a professional fun fact finder means is like, do you need someone to find you the weirdest fact about crocodiles? So that person is me. Um, or how about information about which planet it rains diamonds on? Like, hi, I can do that too. (laughs) So that's, that's what I think of when, um, I say that I'm a professional fun fact finder. I'm really good at researching. I love learning about information. I love staying curious about our world. So I love finding real facts about our planet. 
Now, I'm kind of like you. I love finding out facts myself. What I, I'm terrible at is remembering them for kind of anything more than five minutes. Uh, how, what techniques do you have the, to make sure the facts stay in your brain? So you do know stuff about the, you know, the craziest crocodile fact and where it rains uh, diamonds. Yeah. So I, I totally understand. There's a lot that goes into um, science and information. You know, you can hear the one quick snippet, but then um, if you do a deeper dive, there's just a lot more information out there and in there. So I, I like to try and keep my fun facts as simple as possible <laughs> to remember them, to share with all of my friends. Um, and then especially if they're weird and wow worthy and surprising, that's how I find that I remember a lot of my fun facts. Like, um, so a good one, I think, is uh, the sunsets on Mars are blue. Totally weird, kind of wacky, very different from us, but it's short, simple, and I think really surprising. Can you follow up, though, with like the facts as to why that happens? Because you can't just say the sunsets on Mars are blue without people going, oh, why are they blue? Um, are you, are you any good at kind of backing these up? Well, you know, I I feel like I know a lot, uh, a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, for for that particular fact, it has a little bit to do with the atmosphere on Mars and how sunlight is reflected and um how sunsets work in general. Similarly, on our planet, except obviously the atmosphere on Mars is very different, so the sunsets look different. It's pretty. Uh, you know, that's pretty normal. Um, but but yeah, there, there are 400 facts in this book. So I spent a lot of time reading a lot about everything from uh, giant squid to rubber ducks to weird islands to weird libraries on our planet. So I think I learned a little bit about a lot of stuff. So you've said that there's 400 facts and, and they follow a trail. It kind of snakes round from a starting point towards the end. Uh, when you've got the starting point, Kay, how did you know what to look up next? So how I started this book was I created a huge list of topics that I wanted to write about. So everything from I made a huge list of things like volcanoes, spiders, whales and all of this other stuff. And and then I just kind of started digging in and finding a lot of um, unusual and wacky facts about them. So but I sort of knew, like, if I wanted to write about shapes, I tried to think outside the box. I tried not to use facts that we already knew, like a circle is round. Um, so I asked myself a lot of questions like, um, what are some of the most mysterious fish in the ocean? Are they shaped really strange? Um what are the fastest things on earth? What's the weather like in space? Or um, I looked up lots of different science discoveries and different news. Like what's the latest thing that scientists have discovered? And then sort of as I asked those questions and found really interesting information, I was able to sort of link them together and tell this story of information. So, um, you know, let's, let's, I'll give you an example. So, okay, there's a bird that lays its eggs in volcanic ash because it's incubating its eggs using the heat from the volcano. And now I think to myself, wow, what else out there is really cool about volcanoes? So one incredibly powerful volcanic explosion from 1887 holds the record for the loudest sound ever recorded. 
And it was so loud, the sound waves circled the earth four times. So sound is really cool. What else can I learn about sound? Well, did you know that sharks actually like the sounds in death metal music? And then what about sharks? And so, so on and so forth. So that's how I kind of was able to weave together this crazy story of information. Now, fact-finding for everyone that's an amateur, that isn't a professional like you, it's, it's so much easier at the moment What with, with the internet and with Google. Um, what methods are you using to actually look up the facts when you have asked yourself the question of what's next? Well, so I wrote this book at home while in lockdown. So for me, that meant a lot of Googling. (laughs) Normally, um, I like to go to the library and look up books as well. And I wasn't able to do that in person, but I did a lot of Googling. And you do have to be really rigorous when you research because I probably don't have to tell you this, Dan, but not everything that you read on the internet is actually true. So basically, I checked and checked and checked and checked again. I used hundreds of sources for this book. Uh, I found a lot of amazing information from science journals and science organizations, news stories, zoos, wildlife conservation sites. Um, And of course, the people at Encyclopedia Britannica have a wealth of information. And they actually went behind me and checked every single fact to make sure I got it right. What was the most surprising thing that you learned while fact-finding for the book? I mean, it's something that we would never, ever think would be the case. It would even enter into our wildest dreams. Um, so one of my favorite facts that I discovered is that a giant squid's brain is shaped like a donut. So this one actually came to me while I was eating breakfast. Um, I treated myself to a donut one day and I was as I was eating it, I said to myself, hmm, you know, I wonder if there's anything interesting I can say about donuts. So I started researching and sure enough, I found out that a giant squid has a brain shaped like a donut ring and its throat actually goes right through the middle. I think that means, though, that a giant squid probably can't eat a very big breakfast. <laughs> it's amazing isn't it the way different creatures evolve and and grow in different ways what what the fact it wants it, the fact that i want to know because of that though is nothing to do with the squid it's about the fact you're having a donut for breakfast what's that coming from kate that's that's a strange thing to eat for breakfast we eat donuts for breakfast all the time over here what um i don't usually i'm usually a cereal person but um you know, uh, sometimes you just get a hankering for a donut. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, brilliant. Well, uh, the book is is stunning, like properly, beautifully, so well illustrated. It takes you through these 400 facts that cover so much. Um, and it's been a treat to talk to you, Kate. The book is Factopia. Follow the trail of 400 facts. Uh, Kate Hale, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Now, we chatted earlier on in the show all about animals that have gone extinct. Uh, And it's got me thinking about some of the deadliest there's ever been. So today's Dangerous Dan is all about one from New Zealand, about one of the most brutal beasts that's ever been in the sky. Now, there weren't loads of top predators uh, way back. 
So the Haast eagle became the apex predator. It's the largest known eagle that's ever existed. It had a wingspan of almost 10 foot. Uh, Its talons were the size of tiger's claws, and it would strike its prey with those talons, swooping in at about 60 miles an hour, snapping its prey in half with one dive. Now, experts think that the Haast eagle's grip was over six times that of the strongest human's grip at the moment, at a value at a number called 700 PSI. That's how you measure pressure, how strong and how tough something is to squeeze. It means its grip would be like like a huge black bear just sitting on you, and it preyed on small humans. The humans that were around in New Zealand back then would have had to fight and hunt them for protection, and because of this, and because us humans... Uh, took away the other food that the Haast eagle would eat. Uh, It's thought that this bird went extinct in about 1400, so 600-ish years ago, which, I mean, it's sad to say, but it is a relief, isn't it? Because if these lot were around today, the Haast eagle, it would be like something from a horror film. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere? It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! It's time to cross over to the weather now uh, to look up into the sky with our genius guru all about the climate. This is Marina Ventura. Marina Ventura's Climate Explorers. Hi there, Marina Ventura here. I love finding out about the natural world, and that includes the Earth's climate. We know that weather can change from one day to the next, but climates can change too over the time span of years, centuries, or even longer. So I'm on a mission to fill MapApp with the latest climate information with the help of some awesome climate explorers. Come on then, let's go. I bet your parents tell you that fresh air is good for you, right? Especially if you've been indoors for a long time. A nice, big, deep breath of air can certainly feel refreshing. The air around us is all part of the atmosphere, and without it, there wouldn't be any life on Earth at all. That's right, Marina. The Earth's atmosphere is made up of layers of gases. These include nitrogen, a gas which is harmless to humans, and oxygen, which almost all life needs to live. It also contains gases like carbon dioxide, which trap the sun's heat and help keep the planet warm enough for life. A bit like a blanket. You've probably heard of something called the greenhouse effect. It's another way to describe the effect that the blanket of gases has. Without the greenhouse effect, the Earth would be, on average, more than 30 degrees colder than it is today. Way too cold for life to survive. Gases that help trap the heat are called greenhouse gases. But scientists studying the atmosphere have shown that some human activities, such as burning fossil fuels or chopping down rainforests, are increasing the amount of greenhouse gases in our atmosphere, which is causing the climate to change. Luckily, there are climate explorers like Hannah to help us find out more. Let's say hello. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm an atmospheric scientist. My work is all about developing and looking after instruments that help monitor different things in our atmosphere. Me and my measuring instruments fly up to 10 kilometers high in the sky on board a special aircraft that takes measurements up in the clouds. 
The instruments are fitted to both the plane's body as well as its wings and include lasers that measure clouds, small particles and fog. A special laboratory in the air sounds really cool. So what do you measure? Well, as well as temperature, we also measure humidity, that's how much water vapour there is, and turbulence and wind. That's all to do with how quickly or slowly the atmosphere is moving around. We can also measure tiny particles like smoke and dust, and even check the level of electricity in the air, something which is connected to thunderstorms. So what do you do with all the information you collect? It's used in lots of ways, but it can be really helpful for learning about changes to our climate. The measurements we collect are used by scientists across the world to learn as much as possible about our atmosphere today and what effects humans are having on it. And with the data collected over many years, scientists can use the information to help see changes over time and predict what might happen in the future. Sounds amazing, Hannah. And that plane full of gadgets sounds like a lot of fun. And what a great way to see the effect of changes in our climate. Ready for upload, Mappy? Load me up. Next time, we'll be back on dry land, or should I say muddy land, finding out more about how studying the Earth can help us learn more about the Earth's climate. See you soon. Marina Ventura's Climate Explorers, supported by the Natural Environment Research Council, the science of the natural world. Find out more at funkidslive.com slash marina. It's time for this week's Science in the News. The remains of a Chinese rocket have crashed into the Indian Ocean. Most of the rocket was destroyed as it re-entered our atmosphere, but some of the leftover debris from the 18-ton rocket landed in the ocean near Asia last weekend. They were worried for a little while it might end up on land, but thankfully all the rocket parts went into the sea. Uh, Now, staying in space, a capsule holding rock and dirt from the oldest part of the solar system will drop into America in 2023. Uh, On the 24th of September 2023, two days after my birthday, just so you can remember, uh, NASA's OSIRIS-REx probe will finally arrive home. It started its journey earlier this week, bringing home ancient rock from the asteroid Bennu, which is 185 million miles away. Experts hope that by looking at the rock in a couple of years' time, Uh, They can find out more about the start of the universe. And finally, forests the size of France have grown all around the world in the last 20 years. Now, they've grown naturally as well, and it's good news. They can soak up to 5.9 gigatons of carbon dioxide, which is brilliant for climate change because it means that it's not in the atmosphere and harming the planet. And that is it for this week's Fun Kids Science Weekly. If you've got something sciencey that you want answered on this science show, you can leave it for me as a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, find us there. There's a little comment box where you leave your review. Stick on the question, leave us five stars, let me know your name, and I will see it, and I'll do my best job at answering it next week. Uh, while you're on Apple Podcasts, it's one of the best ways that you can hear so many podcasts that we do here at Fun Kids. You've got them there. You've got them really wherever you get your shows. Google, Spotify, it's on the free Fun Kids app and at funkidslive.com. And Fun Kids, we are a children's radio station from the UK. You can listen to us all around the country on your DAB digital radio on that free Fun Kids app and at funkidslive.com. I'll see you next week. Bye. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. 
Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!